If you're like me, you are tired of trying to find jeans that fit right no matter your build and still look good. Introducing the newest sponsor of the Double Dunk Podcast, Sweat Taylor, a premium menswear brand that is defining a new kind of casual. I started wearing Sweat Taylor and I am blown away by how comfortable and affordable the clothes are. And of course, they look great. My favorite is the all-in pants. It's a five-pocket pant that feels like sweats but look way better. Thoughtfully tailored and unbelievably stretchy. From jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies, Sweat Taylor's designs are made to seamlessly fit into your life, moving from runway to office, office to drinks, and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in casual wear for men, pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for your everyday. Use promo code B-D-E-E-G-S-T. That is B-D-E-G-S-T for 25% off. That, again, is B-D-E-E-G-S-T for 25% off your order at SweatTaylor.com. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're talking week five recap on today's episode. Lots going on in the NFL world yesterday. Big day for a bunch of teams. We're going to discuss everything. Big Sunday night football game. Mr. Eric Warnsey is beside me. Warnsey, how we doing? Good, good. Full belly of turkey. Feeling real nice. Did you uh, did you pick away at some leftovers? I know you had to work yeah. late last night. I have not eaten any turkey yet. That's uh, the lunch plan. Uh, basically, once we're done this podcast episode, nice. I will be ripping through some uh, leftovers. How was your Thanksgiving? It was unreal, man. Unreal. So much food. So much football. What more could you ask for? Exactly. The perfect, uh, perfect Thanksgiving. Canadians celebrating yesterday. Uh, before we get into it, we have some housekeeping to take care of. Weekend wagers, week five. We were head-to-head on our goal picks. Uh, I had the Houston Texans. You had the Atlanta Falcons. Now, when we recorded the episode, the spread, it was Thursday, what, Thursday around 5 o'clock, something like that. The spread was plus one and a half for the Texans. When I did my research for the pick, it was plus two Texans. On game day, on Sunday, it was plus two and a half for the Texans. The Falcons won by two points. Yeah. So what are we doing here? How do we... uh, how do we do this? I my resolution for this is is we just give a push for both. I think that the spread was one and a half. Oh my god, you're gonna it. be like that, aren't you? Well, this for the point of the show, don't we have to go with the spread of when we record? Ugh. I mean, I lost money on the game. I got yeah, it so in you at two bet and a half. two and a half. And most yeah. and most people and would I, have locked in their bets on Sunday, which was two and a half. When I did my research, it was plus two. You can go if you want to push. For sure, you can take it, but I gave out Falcons minus one and a half. It was a rookie mistake by me for not betting it right away. I'll take the L, I guess. I was hoping you'd be a little more lenient here, Mr. Eric Hornsey. No, you can take it. If you swear on your life that when you were doing your research, it, it was, was plus two. two. We, I said it on the episode. You plus I literally two said you. it on the episode plus two, and then you bounced back and said it's one and a half right now. Yeah, but I'm taking one and a half. You can take plus two if you want. It's for your morals. Did you at least... Bet the plus two and a half. I, yeah, I did. I teased it to plus two and a half uh, when I, when I did my lock. So, so your I, bank I account should be happier yes, so my, than your I had record. A great week yeah. in betting this week. It was there. You go. So, but for like I meant for like for the show because we ha- we we track our gold bronze picks, gold, uh, gold bronze and silver picks. Like how we do in the point system. Um, I just wanted to bring that up at the top. We'll talk Texans Falcons game in a bit. It wasn't the most exciting game of the it week. Was a good game. Was, I enjoyed it, was, it. It was enjoyable, but there was definitely a lot more going on in the NFL world that discuss that uh, earns the top of the show. And we got to start with the Sunday night football game, Warnsey. The San Francisco 49ers 
lay an absolute beatdown on the Dallas Cowboys. 42 to 10 is the final score in this game. Um, I think we got to start with the 49ers. We'll get to the Cowboys. But my God, this is a very good football team. Yes. Yes. That was my main takeaway from this game, to be honest, is as bad as Dallas looked, and we can talk about the interceptions and that side of things, I think to me more this was San Francisco announcing themselves as a clear, clear-cut contender. I think it's a two-team race in the NFC right now. Maybe you can talk Lions and convince me that it could be a three-team race, but right now, San Francisco and Philadelphia, I think, have kind of put themselves ahead of the pack. San Francisco right now, I, I don't know how, where what where would you even attack this team in terms of negatives? Like I there's not one area of concern on this roster right now. None. Uh we'll start with the offense. Just in this game, 0.65 dropback EPA per play, 66.7% dropback success rate, which is maddening. Insane. They also led the week in rush success rate. So they were just <laughs> a pass run. Whatever the fuck you wanted to do, what they wanted to do, they did it. Brock Purdy. It's absolutely cooking right now. He seems to be getting better every single week, which is insane. He now leads the league in EP per play at 5.02, which is 0.2 higher than Josh Allen, who was considered MVP candidate. He was my MVP pick. He is almost lapping him in efficiency. And I looked, I was kind of diving back into past 49ers teams this morning and going like, how good is it compared to Jimmy Garoppolo? Because Jimmy G had the efficiency numbers on Jimmy G are insane. Uh, when he was in San Francisco and Jimmy G's best season had 0.203 EPA. So it's more than, more than double. double. <laughs> he's he's way better than what Jimmy Garoppolo ever was. Brock Purdy is the MVP of the league through five weeks right now. 100,000% he's the MVP through five weeks. And it's just maddening to me to think about considering how much time we put into like drafts and like scouting and all of that and then you see a guy like who I predicted to be the MVP Trevor Lawrence the chosen one the golden boy compare him to Brock Purdy the Mr. Irrelevant last pick in the draft and Brock, Brock Purdy's lapping him in every statistic right now it's 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 upside down I don't I don't get it and last week George Kittle didn't have a catch or sorry I think he had one catch this week, he just has three touchdowns. Like, they can beat you in so many different ways. If it's McCaffrey, if it's Samuel, Ayuk, like, so many different ways. And I really thought that this offensive line was going to struggle with the Cowboys' pass rush. They didn't. There was a little mm -hmm. bit of pressure, but Brock Purdy under pressure was lights out. Mm -hmm. Like, it it just didn't matter. It's hats off to the San Francisco 49ers. They're, they did such a good job of controlling the uh, Cowboys' pass rush. Like, everything was... Like they, Michael Parsons getting upfield, they would just kind of run around it. They completely uh, sterilized it, and they the Cowboys pass rush had no business or no um no uh, kind of push in this game. They couldn't get anything going towards Brock Purdy, and the 49ers defense is also playing lights out here. Like oh. Fred Warner, man, is defensive player of the year almost right now. Eight tackles last night, one sack, one TFL, one pass defended. That he, he was the best fumble, player on the team. Uh, that forced fumble early in the first quarter where he just flew across the screen and punched the ball out. And then it was like a force field on the sideline, kept the ball in somehow. Mm -hmm. San Francisco recovered it. And the game was almost over at that point when they went up 14-0. It felt like insurmountable for Dallas at that point. And it ended up being like the 
just basic stats. San Francisco, 421 yards. Cowboys didn't even get to 200. They they doubled more than doubled them in yardage. This was just as big of a butt whooping as you could as you could have for a game that we we hyped up as two elite teams in the NFC. This could be an NFC Championship preview. No, there. This wasn't. Yeah, this you, was men versus boys. Yeah, yeah. You had that line yesterday last night when we were talking. This is men versus boys. Like you, Jordan Mason scored touchdowns. Kelly Ushek scored a touchdown. <laughs> George Kittle had three catches for three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, the stats are. Uh, Remarkable on the San Francisco 49ers side. They are the best team in football right now. Uh, they're five and zero, and yeah, they they look like the best team in both conferences. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys here. I still think this is a good football team. I know that was a big loss, forty two to ten, and there's a lot of questions surrounding this team. I think they're going to be okay. I think they're still a top three, four team in the NFC, and they'll be there in January. But this passing offense is a problem right now. They have no deep passing game whatsoever. Dak entered the game dead last in air yards per attempt while the offense was six in EPA per play. It's a very thin line to tightrope, I guess. Like, you can't win that way in the NFL. It's almost like the Giants offense from last year. Like, they're not throwing the ball deep, but they're efficient. And look how look what the Giants offense is looking like right now. And what's interesting is Dak in this game, Warnsey, averaged 12.7 air yards per attempt, which is the highest in the league this this year, and he was awful. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the answer is here. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was ugly. I, I really expected the Cowboys with their healthy offensive line to lean on the run game. Non-existent. Tony Pollard, 29 yards on eight carries. But they got so far behind, they couldn't really even – they couldn't lean on the run game. But you're right. The offense was just so hard to watch. Dak throwing the ball deep was just it. He had three interceptions. Doesn't it? It felt like it was just like every time he threw the ball deep, you're like, was it like three drives in a row? I think or interceptions or something like that. Three or four drives. Yeah, like they have absolutely no downfield passing game, and they had the one big play to Kevontae Turpin, and he's now with us. He has a sprained ankle now. He's out four to six weeks. He Uh. is like their deep threat. Brandon Cooks is. Nowhere to be found. He's get him on a milk carton right now. He is missing. He was their big uh, wide receiver or offensive addition this offseason, and he's done absolutely nothing. Another concerning fact is the run game. They have no rushing attack whatsoever. Tony Pollard only has one game of 75-plus rushing yards. Right now, he can't run in between the tackles. Like He looks small in there. They don't have, like, it sounds crazy, but they almost miss Ezekiel Elliott in these kind of situations. I know you're. I don't go that far, but, but they miss, miss a that compliment. Of, they miss a compliment. They miss that type of running back, like so that size. I mean, maybe not Zeke, like the, the human Zeke, but like the version <laughs> of Zeke, yeah. if you know what I mean. You you also can't win in this league with just defense. Like you, the 49ers just proved it. Like a better, a good offense is going to beat a good defense 99% of the time in the NFL nowadays. Offensive coordinators are just too smart. They're too ahead of the game. The Cowboys still have an elite defense, but like last night, they just got fucking like shit kicked in. Again, I still think they're going to be fine, but if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you're not you're not yeah. uh, not very happy this morning. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with you. And a good defense, it can what it will do is beat the bad teams, mm-hmm. and it will get you to the playoffs. And then you need your offense to help that defense out if you're going to make noise in the playoffs. And the way Dallas's offense played yesterday, there's if they play like that in the playoffs, it doesn't matter how good your defense plays, they they will lose. Mm-hmm. And let's move. Should we move on to the other team in the NFC? Yeah, that so we there's talk an, about? another five and zero team in the NFC. The Philadelphia Eagles, baby, are now five and zero in back to back years for the first time in franchise history. Yeah, I wanted to start the talk with the Eagles with just the straight up question: 
Five and zero this year, five and zero last year. What team do you feel better about at this point of the season? I actually just tweeted this out before the podcast started. Um, I think this version of the Philadelphia Eagles is the twenty twenty three is better than the twenty twenty two team. I don't know if the final record is going to show it, and the super like if they go to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to get through the Forty Nine ers and whatnot. There's that's a whole other conversation, but this version of the Eagles when they're clicking like this, like I think they're the I think they're better than last year's version. Like the defense. If they're playing like this, they only allowed 95 yards in the second half last week. The adjustment that Sean Desai made at halftime was saved the game. Brilliant. Zero points, 95 yards, three sacks. They completely took away the middle of the field for the Rams. The Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, they were absolutely cooking across the middle of the field in the first half. The Eagles had no answer. They they put Bradley Roby in, who they signed off the street, off the yeah. scrap heap. He was awesome against Cooper Cup. He allowed negative four yards in coverage. Like he was kind of like the savior. Um, and last year, Jonathan Gannon refused to adjust at halftime. It was always the same thing every single quarter. And Sean Desai is proving to be a better defensive coordinator than Jonathan Gannon so far. And if the Eagles' offense is playing like this, like this offense was like the last two games has been just as good as it was uh, last year. I think the team is better this year, but I don't know if the final result is going to show it. Yeah, I can buy that take. I can buy that take. The offensive line is just so dominant. Yeah, like they like dominated it again. 454 yards of total offense for the Eagles. They only put up 23 points. So, like, I know the points don't match the stats. 37-55 time of possession. So, the offensive line is just pushing, guys. The the, the cheek sneak, the tush push, the Beverly shove, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> is literally a cheat code right now. And it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. I you said it wasn't even a difficult decision and the last play of the first half two seconds left at the one yard line I didn't think that was a oh, bold you, call by I'm also a bolder guy than you are yeah. you're more of a little conservative little fellow I like to go for it and it would have a hundred times a hundred to go for that because you need one yard of the equals have a one yard play that's automatic <laughs> so true. you do it every single time yeah this I think the statistics now are there something like 90. What are they like? Ninety nine percent, ninety two point five percent. Ninety two. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought they it looks, ever it been feels like not. It feels like ninety nine percent, but and it's ninety two point five. Bears that stopped them. The Bears that stopped them time? last year. Uh, there was one game where they couldn't get it twice. They were three for five last year on it. But I think that was the Bears. Yeah. I think the Bears actually stopped it twice randomly last year in that. Like lately, like the Super Bowl, what they were seven for seven on it this year. Like I don't, they they've been stopped once this yeah, year on it. But the uh, the rest of the league is still only around like 80 percent. Mm. So it's not. Is the Eagles are super super elite at it? I don't think it's. You can call it a cheat code for the Eagles, but it's not a cheat code for short yardage. No, it's funny. There was one play yesterday where Jalen Hurts is literally like gliding over. The, the, the offensive lineman, he's like crowd surfing. Yeah. Like over top. Like it doesn't matter even if they don't get pushed. Like Jalen Hurts still gets the yard. Like yeah, even it's not even just the offensive him. line. It's Jalen Hurts is like his legs, his 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 like physical strength and his like ability to stay upwards in that game was huge. My big one of my biggest takeaways from this game was Jalen Hurts, the runner, is back in full force. Like that was the first time this like he had one play uh last week where he ran for like 25 yards where he looked like okay, this guy's back from 2022 for him because the beginning of the season, he looked stiff running the ball. He didn't have as much mobility compared to last year, but this game, like, it was, you you could see it again. 15 carries. 15 carries. He had over 60 yards rushing or 72 yards rushing in this game. Warnsy, .4 or 4 EPA added on Jalen Hurts' scrambles. They added four points 
to the game just from Jalen Hurts running the football. That third and seven run was one of the best runs I've ever seen a quarterback make. Like he got smoked. He still stays up. He kind of yeah. turns his body. That was it was 17-14 Eagles at that time. It was around midfield. If he doesn't get that third and seven run there, that who knows how the game goes. That was the that was uh the play of the game. And he still threw for three over three hundred yards. Yeah, no, he was electric. He he definitely poked his head into the MVP discussion with this uh, performance. I mean, five and zero. Oh, you got to look at look at the record and coming out game for Dallas Goddard. He got involved, yes. one hundred seventeen yards and a touchdown. You could tell right from the first drive. It was okay. We got this got this weapon. We haven't been using him. This is the perfect defense to use a tight end against. And they fed Dallas Goddard early and often. It really worked. And AJ Brown, 127 yards. Still, yeah, I liked your tweet. Just baffles me that the Titans traded it's him. So Every makes, time you it, watch him go off, you're like, how did that, they get him? That wow. one handed cat. Like the Eagles had the ball at their own 25 yard line with 35 seconds left. They go a deep play over to AJ Brown over the middle. Or no, it was 17 seconds left at their 25 yard line. Deep, deep over the middle, AJ Brown, one handed catch, gains like 50 yards. They tack on a uh, horse collar tackle. Then the next play, they throw it into the end zone, pass interference on A.G. Brown, quarterback sneak touchdown. 17 <laughs> yeah. seconds, they go 75 yards. Like eight, What A.G. Brown adds to this, the, the, the dynamic he adds to the offense is incredible. That's three straight games of 125-plus yards now. Like I think it's 400-something uh, yards over the last three games. He's been unbelievable. And, yeah, the Dallas Goddard thing. Did you see that uh, play where they had a defensive lineman trying to cover Dallas Goddard 25 yards down the field? No. <laughs> the way the Eagles schemed it up is like, the Rams were in some sort of bare front, so it was five defensive linemen up. And that means if uh, if it is a pass play, one of those defensive linemen has to kind of drop back into coverage just the way their the coverage scheme is on the on Raheem Morris' defense there. And I, I don't know who the Rams player was. He's number 97. He's like a 300-pound white guy. Dallas, <laughs> he's trying to run with Dallas Goddard 25 yards down the field. Jalen Hurts just drops it in. Guy's like five feet behind Goddard. <laughs> like everyone's going like, who? how did this happen? And it was just a great call by Brian Johnson to scheme that up. Um, I was hammering down on the Eagles show last week with Thomas Pearson that the Eagles are just a better team when Dallas Goddard is active, and last that proved it right there. Like he was, yeah. he was awesome. And then I liked in the end too, uh, just leaning on the run game, just to salt the game away. Mm -hmm. This Rams defense, let's be real, is nothing to be no really like impressed about. But I think the box score doesn't do it justice. Like 454 yards will way more often than not result in more than 23 points. Mm -hmm. It was a more dominant showing than 23 points, but this uh, this Rams defense, let's not get too too excited about uh, them because it was the first drive, and I was like, who who is on this unit other than outside outside Aaron Donald? It's just there's not a lot of talent there. And uh, like you bracket up to the Rams defense, like they completely shut out Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald couldn't do anything. The Eagles now have five games against Aaron Donald. He has zero sacks against the Eagles. Uh, Jeff Stoutland is a master at just taking him away. They actually played like man-to-man -man defense against Aaron Donald. There was a play where like Aaron Donald trying to loop around, and Lane Johnson is like going around the offensive line and following him. Like it was, you never see that in the NFL. Like usually your tackle doesn't leave his spot on the right side. Aaron, Lane Johnson yeah. looped around and followed Aaron Donald. They did everything they could to stop him, and it worked. Aaron Donald zero sacks, zero pressures. I think he only had three tackles in this game. Um, so the Eagles offensive line really held their own and Jalen Hurts had all day to throw. Um, before we move on, I want to talk about the Rams quickly in this game, but before we move on, I just want to emphasize that Jalen Hurts is on an incredible run right now, Warren. He's now 22-1 and in his last 23 regular season starts. 
He is the fifth quarterback in NFL history to record 22 wins in a 23-game stretch, joining Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Jim McMahon, and Joe Montana. That is some elite company right there. He has the highest win percentage of all quarterbacks since 2021. He's on an 11-game road winning streak. That's tied for the third longest in NFL history. He's now tied for the second most 300-plus passing yard, 60-plus rushing yard games in NFL history. He's now entered the MVP conversation after back-to-back incredible games, like you said. He finished second in MVP voting MVP voting last year. He's playing some incredible football right now, 25 years old. He's now beaten every single NFC team except the Seahawks in two and a half years. Oh, wow. No, he's, he's I, He is what is terrifying about the Eagles now. Mm-hmm. Last year, I think it was their ferocious pass rush, and I know that it's still a very good pass rush, but I think this version of the Eagles this year, he's what's terrifying. It's, oh, man, Jalen Hurts is coming to town. We got to mm-hmm. be on our A game. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's an exciting time to be an Eagles fan, man. Like, I was really worried about that game as an Eagles fan, and he, the Eagles won. Like, that was the first time they exceeded my expectations in a long time. So I was like, I was really giddy all day yesterday about that win. Um, quickly on the Rams, because I do think we need to talk about them too. That passing offense with Puka and Cup, man, still fun, thing, still yeah. good. <laughs> I have thing, to. Yeah. Uh, I know no one cares about fantasy teams here, but I have to cut Puka stack on my team. And it looks like I'm not traded. Everyone's going to be hounding me to trade for Puka. If you got Puka and Cup on your team, both of them, keep them. Don't even bother. Because I remember remember that 2018 Rams offense with Robert Woods. It was, was Cooper Cup, I think, yeah. too. You had, uh, was that Todd Gurley as well? Yeah. There, I remember there were people going like they stacked all three of them on their team and they were dominant. Um, This Rams team can still, I think this team can still make the playoffs. Even... As long as Stafford stays healthy, yeah. and I mean, there was reports late in the week, I believe around Saturday, came out, he, he was dealing with this hip hip thing, dealing from last week, it was lingering a little more than I thought, I mean, he played the whole game, he didn't, he looked fine, but I do think that there is some concern for a long term here with Stafford, I don't know if he's getting through 17 games. Yeah, he got... Hammered a couple times. His offensive line is not <laughs> yeah. very good. Hassan Reddick rocked him. At and that he last hangs set. in there, yeah. man. He He's hangs, a tough son of a yeah. bitch, man. He hangs in there, throws the ball, takes shots. I don't know if this is really the longevity is something uh, I see happening here. But when he's on the field, I believe in this offense. If he gets hurt, I'm not going to believe in their offense, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The Double Doing Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is hard. It's especially hard when you don't have someone you can open up to. Not everyone is comfortable talking to their friends and family about their personal matters or anything that is bothering them on a day-to-day basis. Mental health is so important to continued success in this world. Therapy is a great way to regroup and get everything off your chest. Insert BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy service, 100% online. They will match you with a professional licensed therapist you can trust. You can talk with your therapist however you see fit, via text, phone call, or video chat. BetterHelp has successfully helped over 4 million people worldwide deal with their day-to-day mental health issues. Use the link in the podcast description to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. The Double Dyke Podcast today is sponsored by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a, tr- a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code DOINK20 for 20% off and free shipping. It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with that scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. 
Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? With the Handyman skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. Get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code DOINK20. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Okay, let's move on to London. Uh, the Buffalo Bills take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very tough loss for Buffalo. Uh, the London trip proved to be a thing. That was 100% yeah. a thing. We were talking about it on the weekend wagers. I also we're going found like, out that the Bills went over to London. Not They didn't go over till Friday. Okay, I did not know that. That's Isn't that even Why crazy? not get their Tuesday practice yeah, there all the, week? The second your game ends on Sunday, shouldn't mm-hmm. you be flying out? Like, well, you got I guess you got to give them Monday off, right? They got to go home and see your family, yeah. lie on the couch for a bit. And then uh, then you probably should leave Tuesday. Then you have your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practices, like the normal NFL schedule. Yeah, it's wild. I don't know. Like, Do you think there'll ever be a team that oh, signs up for playing a team that's been there for a week? Yeah, the NFL, this is definitely something that's going to be looked at. Yeah, I don't. I thought it was an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. And cherry on top, the Bills lose a home game on top yeah. of it for this, and they're coming back and playing the Giants. They're not taking their bye week next week mm-hmm. either. And the biggest story coming out of this game, unfortunately, I think, is that the Bills are banged up. Matt Milano done for the year, broken leg, and it looks like a torn ACL in the same. I don't That's know how that happened. How do you break a leg and tear something in your knee? They ruled him out right away. Like when you get ruled out like five minutes after the injury happens, you know something's wrong here. Um, one of my biggest takeaways from this game is the Bills, if they can't run the football, they're in a lot of trouble. They need that run game going. They had a 36.4 rush success rate in this game. It looked like every single running play was no, difficult. I remember in the group chat, I texted yeah. you, I said, why are they running the ball? Like mm-hmm. It was a wasted down for them to yeah. run the football. Every run play looked hard. Like it looks yeah. like that two, that three-yard game was like, Oh, we got three yards here. Thank God. Yeah. Um. They need to. They need the run game to keep clicking, or else th- this offense can't uh can't play at a high level. So, I uh I'm not like a big picture. The injuries do scare me. Like Tre'Davious oh. White, Matt Milano are two of your best players on defense. Now they're gone. Kyrie Elam really struggled in this game too. He couldn't hold up with Calvin Ridley. That's looking like a bad draft pick, Warnsey. Um. They traded up for him in the first round. He was supposed to be the guy across from Tre'Davious White. They don't have a number. They don't have a number two. He's only health. He's only active because White got hurt. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even. He was yeah. a healthy scratch earlier in the season. He was even like a healthy scratch towards last year. Like yeah, McDermott's running him out there because he's the only guy he's got left. Not because he wants him out there. And I think this team's got to make a move. I mean, it's the NFL. They have and to, it's yeah. really hard to predict trades, but the way that this team is built, this is the window right now, and you. Vaughn Miller wasn't on the field later in the game. I'm hoping that was just snap count type stuff. I mean, he was still on the side. Yeah, it was it was happy. definitely like, snap count. So stuff you're for getting sure. you're getting Vaughn Miller back. He'll get going closer to 100 percent as the season goes. But if you don't help this secondary out, I think that they it could be the Achilles heel of this team for what should have a Super Bowl ceiling. That could be the Achilles heel. Yeah, it's just like everyone I. I know like making a trade is sound. It sounds awesome. It's just what's available. Who are you, what are you giving up? Like, I don't know how many, I haven't 
looked into the trade deadline too much yet. I know there's some offensive players out there. Just I don't know what who's trading a starting linebacker at this time. Who's trading yeah, a starting a quarterback? Yeah, exactly. everybody's secondary is banged up. Yeah, it's exactly. not like they're the only team with a banged up secondary. It's hard to. It's hard to predict a move like and that. It's funny that like Josh Allen just goes like seventy five yards in a minute. He's still like, yeah, you know, like yeah. It's their offense is like just so much better when they're in panic mode sometimes. Yeah, and I mean Diggs with another hissy fit yeah. on the sideline. Like, is that not getting over? Like, it's getting annoying a little. If I was a Bills fan, I'd be kind of getting frustrated yeah. with it. People are calling him a diva, but it's like just such a throwback. It's like remember when we actually had divas? It's like, yeah, Terrell Owens, <laughs> yeah. Randy Moss. There's. We're overdue for like a true diva. Yeah. Like this is just like baby what, diva. A guy stuff. mooning the crowd or, yeah, or <laughs> Odell Beckham fighting the the net on the sidelines yeah, like, like the Giants. Was, uh, Terrell Owens doing sit ups in the on the, in dr- the driveway. Yeah. That's legendary. Slamming the ball on the Cowboys star. Yeah. Um the Jags passing offense showed some life for the first time this year. They finished fifth in drop back EPA for the week. Uh Calvin Ridley had a really nice game. Trevor Lawrence made some beautiful throws. Uh, and the defense is playing really well. Th- that was the best Jaguars. Like, if you're a Jaguars fan, you're pretty excited about that win. That was the best they've looked all year. Yeah, I want to give them credit and stuff. I just wonder how much of it was building tired thing. legs. Yeah, and, I, like, but it's still an NFL game. You still I beat know, Buffalo. Yeah, you, we got to tip our cap yeah. because Trevor Lawrence threw for over 300 yards. He hadn't done that yet this season. Mm. Like, they needed... They did need some signs of progression, and they got it against a really good Bills defense. Now, I know they, like we mentioned, they lost Milano early in that game, too, and that's a really hard adjustment to make on the fly. Mm-hmm. But the Jaguars did what they had to do, and they took care of it. I love the Travis Etienne tweet of him saying he played against yeah, himself in fantasy. Awesome. 136 <laughs> yards, two tutties. But, hey, he played great. And that, that was the first time, I guess, positive from the Jaguars we saw the run game and the pass game working we hadn't seen that yet this year so if that can be a trend going forwards they could be a problem in the AFC yeah the like that if you can have the offense playing like that and the defense playing like that they have some really good young players in the secondary Andre Sisco is turning into like a star safety right now he is playing out of his mind uh Tyson Campbell's playing really well in the secondary like the we came into this year like the Jaguars haven't done anything on defense they didn't add anyone they basically were banking on these young players developing, and it's happening in the secondary. It's still not there with um, mm-hmm. 11th overall EPA-wise. They're... Why can't I think of the first overall pick from last year? Oh, Trevon Walker. Trevon Walker. He's irrelevant. Like, That's why you can't I, I think of him. I'm getting the first overall pick. That's how weird it's been with him. But like he's not developing, but other guys like in the secondary are. Like Cisco's mm-hmm. a star right now, and Tyson Campbell's playing out of his mind. So it's what they're doing against the run specifically. They're mm-hmm. fourth in rush EPA per play on defense right now. They're fourteenth in drop back EPA. So the defensive line is really doing a good job against the run, and that was something I don't think we saw coming. Okay, I want to go to the crew. One of the weirdest losses I've ever seen in NFL history: the Baltimore Ravens losing to the oh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't get me started <laughs> on that. Okay, this is awesome. The Ravens lost 5.41 EPA on drops in that game. They dropped six balls. Seven drops, warranty. Seven. Seven. Dro- seven drops. That's the most since 2019 in a single game. Negative 14.05 EPA loss on turnovers in this game. They lost 19 points on self-inflicted wounds. That interception Lamar threw in the red zone in the end zone. Oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> 
Mark Andrews dropped a touchdown. Rashad Bateman dropped a touchdown. They were falling everywhere. Like, Zay Flowers wiped out a couple of times. I when Nelson Aguilar dropped that deep pass down oh, the sidelines, the first thing I thought of was you know that meme where uh, uh, there are guys on the boat and he's holding the noose around his neck. He's like, first time, like Eagles fan. <laughs> welcome to the, welcome to my life as an Eagles fan with Nelson Aguilar, Baltimore. It's uh, it happens all the time. Uh, but Aguilar, man, that one. It was funny because it was such a perfectly thrown ball. And his hands weren't even like close to it. Like, it, went, like, it was like he had like a bat, like he was holding a basket open to drop through it. Like it was such a dime by Lamar and you can't catch that. Uh, I don't know what to make of that game for both. Like it kind of feels like just one game. This this shit happens at the kind of in the NFL. But if your weapons are playing like that around Lamar, they're in trouble. Like they need they can't. You can't have seven drops in a game. You can't have over 20 points of self-inflicted wounds taken away from you. That was that was the definition of shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, it was absolutely hard to watch. I Especially if you had money your, on the Bravens as it's well. It's against your division rival too. Like your most you circle Steelers week if you're a yeah. Raven. It's like biggest games of the year and, and the Steelers didn't piss, play the Steelers didn't play well. That's what I mean. To piss one away against that is like like coming into the game, Roquan Smith said he wasn't really a uh, he wasn't a Raven yet because you're not a Raven until you beat the Steelers. It was like they're talking like that and then piss one away down your leg. Like that's so oh, that's gonna be a hard one for them the to Steelers overcome. Steelers finished twenty fourth in success rate on offense week five and they still won. The yeah. Steelers offense was awful in this game. They had the one deep bomb to Kenny Pickett. Did you? Oh my god, have you seen this yet of Matt Canada? So that deep ball to Kenny Pickett for the touchdown for the game winning uh score. They're, they showed a camera of Matt Canada in the booth because he's not on the field. He's in the in the booth. He's the only one not celebrating the play. Like yeah. The whole booth is going crazy, and Matt Canada's yeah. standing there in straight face. And then after the game, Kenny Pickett said he audibled out of that play that Matt Canada called into the deep shot for Kenny to George Pickens. So that kind of the everyone, the Galaxy Brain Steelers fans are going, he's yeah. pissed because he didn't call the play. Kenny Pickett wow. called the play. And all, um, we, generic take here, I hate a coordinator in a booth. Hate it. I don't want it for defense because defense you can see more and like I just feel like a wider view on defense helps you more. But you're right on offense. I want to be able to yell at my quarterback and say, "What the hell?" Exactly. Are you, you, at? you got it. if you're an offense yeah. coordinator, I feel you got to be on the field. Even defensive coordinators. No, I disagree. Both coordinators gonna be on the fucking field. Suck, suck it up. You, you guys, you got guys up there that can tell you if they see anything from up top. You know, you don't need to be up there. Be with your team on the field. Yeah, I guess I just look at. Fangio being up there and it works oh. really well for him but because that was a big I remember Fangio when he was a head coach in Denver his first few weeks I remember there being stories saying it was a hard adjustment for him because he's used to always oh, being up in the booth get on the fucking like, field yeah no I know so it's not an excuse um okay next on the board the Cincinnati Bengals were are they back right let's talk AFC North like building off the Raven that Ravens loss like the AFC North is Exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm taking in that division. The Bengals are now only one game back because of that Baltimore loss. They finished fifth in drop back success rate this week. Jamar Chase, holy shit, have a fucking day. Especially after the uh, comments that Jamar Chase had to the media um, last week where he's like, I'm always open. I'm not getting the ball. You uh, see him tweet a, a picture of 7 Eleven. He's always open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 16, uh, 15 catches, 192 yards, three touchdowns. Like, just dominated performance. That deep ball to Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase was really impressive. It was nice to see if you're a Bengals fan. They're finally pushing the ball down the field. Um, Burrow looked like he could move again as well. Like he, that was uh, he looked healthier. Yeah, 
He was mobile. He had that one third down scramble that was really impressive. Um, but yeah, hats off to the Bengals. They really needed that game. Oh, absolutely. And it's crazy to say one game back in this AFC North, mm-hmm. all four teams are in this division. Like, I don't know who I'd take. Cleveland was on the bye here. Don't forget about yeah. that defense. I still think I would take Baltimore. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, that game against Pittsburgh was that bad. Yeah, but for they just me, they were was falling. Like, like I don't. Th- that's not going to happen every single week. If that if that game's played ninety nine a hundred times, that happens once. Yeah, but quietly you look at the Ravens and they've lost to the Steelers and the Colts. Now it's like I don't, I don't know about them. Like they should be five and zero. Oh, they got. Really lucky, I think, that game against Cleveland when the fifth-round rookie started. I'm blanking on his name already. Oh, um, um, Dorian Thompson. Dorian Thompson. Like, they got a freebie there, I think. I, I'm I'm a little bit worried about Baltimore, to be honest. But Bengals, I'm back in on the Bengals, baby. <laughs> One week, I'm buying back in. Joe Burrow looked healthy. That's yeah. what that was good, What was it was always going to be to get me back on the Bengals. And it was Joe Burrow's health. He looked healthy. Arizona, I'll still call them a scrappy team. There was a moment when this game was a game, but then the Bengals took over in the fourth and just put it away, and it was Burrow, 300 yards, three touchdowns, threw the ball 46 times in this game. Mm-hmm. Like They relied on him. He was yeah, the reason they won. Exactly. Um, the one thing about the Bengals, Warnsy, is their schedule coming up is a little bit of a murderer's row. Yeah. They have the Seattle Seahawks next week. Very fun game. Uh, I'm excited for that one. Then they go on the road to play the 49ers and then host the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. So like you got to go two and one in that stretch at least. Like if you lose to Seattle next week and then you got four Niners Bills coming your way, that's a it's a tough one. So they they got to get some wins over some big teams coming up here. Um, okay, next on the board, let's uh let's go over to the Falcons and Texans game, Warrensy. Let's do it. How about the Desmond Ritter show? He mm-hmm. single handedly won mm-hmm. them that football game. Fourth in EPA per play by any quarterback in Week Five. Second in success rate, only behind Brock Purdy. Who torched the Cowboys in a game where they had no rushing attack whatsoever. The Falcons had negative 3.6 EPA on run plays. They averaged 2.7 yards per carry. They had two fumbles by skill position guys that were trying to basically give the game away. And Desmond Ritter still came up clutch and won the game. That was the best game of his career. He looked great. Yeah, fourth in success rate on the week. Like it was just all around a great week for Des- Desmond Ritter. This Extends his streak. He's now 32-0 in his career at home. That's going from college to the NFL. He's never lost Hmm. a home game. Hats off to Desmond Ritter. And listen, he's not an idiot. He probably heard what everybody was talking about last week. I actually wrote wrote about it at the score um, last night. About how he was, he was here. The heat, he was feeling the heat. Like he, yeah. He all the everybody was talking about it. Should they go to Heineke? Like, what are the other options for Atlanta? And he took that personally and went out there and against a good Texans defense. I do think the Texans really sold out to stop the run and basically said Desmond Ritter beat us. I don't think you can do it. Which is well, the right did. game plan. Exactly. Yeah, I would have done the same thing if I was Houston. Exactly. Like, I would have done the same thing. Exactly. It, this was a great game. It was over. I know. Yeah. It, like it was a little. The score-wise, you'd look at it being a little bit of a boring game, but I thought it was really mm. competitive. It felt like every third down was just so big. The whole game, it was it was an entertaining watch, and I was happy to see Ritter play well. Yeah, good for him, man. Like he, like you said, he was getting so much heat, and there was a lot of questions about what the future looks like for him. And if he can play like that, like that's Ryan. Like he, he reminded me a lot of Ryan Tannehill. Well, yeah, that's what the prototypes supposed to be right in Arthur Smith's offense for it to work 
you need that kind of mobile guy and it's just exciting to see when the run game isn't working that he can do this mm-hmm. because there's still going to be a run heavy team going forward so that's what's exciting about this for Falcons fans is what if he can play like this while the run game is working mm-hmm. that's when this team becomes a threat um okay uh let's finish let's let's talk about two more games Lions Panthers Lions offense continues to fucking roll, man. They didn't have a Mon Ross St. Brown or Jameer Gibbs in this game, and they still dropped a 40-burger on the Panthers. They finished second in APA per play for the week, only behind the 49ers. Did you see that play that Ben Ben Johnson ran um, between the, the direct snap? Yeah. Did you see this? They Jared, So Jared Goff was lined up under center. Jared Goff stands up. They throw a direct snap through Goff's legs to David Montgomery for like a six-yard gain. I've never seen that play before. Yeah, and Ben then, Johnson's uh, in his bag right now. I thought you were actually going to be talking tell- Talk about the touchdown to Laporta where it was like a three laterals oh, in okay, the backfield no, yeah. and then it ended with a throw to Laporta for the touchdown. And on that touchdown, you know, Laporta now has as many touchdowns in his career as uh, Kyle Pitts. Oh he might have God. more now. He might have more now, actually. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, like already in five weeks. Do you feel like there's a lot of trick plays going on in the NFL this year? Yeah, I do. Because... Uh, Going back to that Falcons game, Drake London threw a Mm 22-yard completion. 49ers did a three-reverse touchdown to George Kittle. Yeah. It is, like, exciting, though. I like that. I'm down for it. Keep it it up, NFL. Um, But, yeah, the Lions are a threat, man. This is a good football team. Yeah, they're the clear number three. They're a little bit below, I think, San Francisco and the Eagles. But then there's, I think, mm-hmm. a gap between the Lions and the rest of the NFC. You want to see like a big win um, for the team. Like they did beat the they beat the Packers, which was yeah, that was. But you know, well, you can only it's you could be in front of you. You only can you, play who's on your schedule. Right, and they dominated a bad team. Yeah. If you're gonna play a bad team, you dominate them. If you're a good team, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. They there's good teams win, great teams cover, and the, yeah. the spread was never in doubt. They they dominated, and they had like their schedule is pretty easy, but they have some tough. Like there's a couple games where you're kind of looking at, go okay, if they can beat this team, we'll see how. Uh, then maybe they could consider them in the top echelon of the NFC. You got Baltimore at the end of this month. Um, they got the Chargers mid November. They played Dallas, um, their second last game of the year. So, but other than that, their schedule is pretty light. Like this team could roll here. Like they yeah. still have to play the Bears. Uh, I believe twice. twice. They played twice. Um, they got the Saints still on the schedule, the Broncos, the Vikings twice. They've got the Raiders. Like this, we could be looking at like a 12 and 5, 13 and 14 here. For sure, for sure. Before we move on from this game, what's your quick take on Bryce Young? He didn't play very well in this game. He had a couple interceptions. The offense just looks sporadic. It's kind of a mess. Uh it's very messy. I'm, it's not kind of a mess. It's I'm, they he's doing any- what he's doing what he was really good at at college, which mm-hmm. is ex- escaping the pocket. But nothing's happening after that. Like he he gets away from a guy, and then I think in college he had probably let's say three to four seconds, and then NFL he has one second, and he hasn't adjusted to that yet. But he looks small. I'm worried, man. I, I'm not worried at all about Bryce Young. He's gonna be fine. Um, take take your Bryce Young takes and shove it. Uh, he's gonna be all okay. Right, we're talking. He's, we'll put this one down the road. He's we're still down the road. gonna be fine. The the Panthers' offense. There's no offensive line. Chandler Zavala just got hurt. Who was a rookie offensive line? I really liked. He's now went to the hospital yesterday. Yeah. Like their offensive line continues to get banged up. Adam Thielen's his number one target right now. Like yeah. he doesn't have anything to work with. I think Scott Fitterer and Frank Reich deserve a lot of blame as well. Scott Fitterer, the Panthers' general, general manager, has not done a good job with the, uh, building this roster on offense. And I think the offense looks boring. 
I'm oh, not, yeah. yeah I, the, I, Frank Reich. Frank Reich is running a little bit of an old school system. Yeah. And it's it's a tough watch. Tough watch. Okay, let's finish off um, with the New England Patriots. Oh, baby. Back I, I wish I went harder on my preseason take of this team being a dumpster fire. Because you could see, the route was there, and you're seeing it break right in front of your eyes. Back-to-back 34-point losses. Mac Jones has been benched in back-to-back games. The offense against the Saints warns he was an absolute wreck. 1 of 14 on third down, 3.1 yards per play. They punted eight times. They only had 20 minutes of time of possession in this football game. They are now dead last in EPA per play, dead last in dropback EPA, dead last in rush EPA. EPA. The offense is just a straight-up disaster. Maybe Matt Patricia wasn't the problem yeah. in New England? Maybe it wasn't Matt Patricia. Maybe it was just the roster and... Their head coach is their GM. Yeah. It's, it's the same guy pulling the strings, like paying Devontae Parker, paying Juju Smith-Schuster to be your wide receivers. It, like Letting Jacoby Myers go, who I'm not like in love with, but he was your best wide receiver last Juju. year. And drafting Mac Jones is an under one, Raider one here. They, they took him and they made him try to be the franchise quarterback, and it's not working. Zooming out a little bit here, I don't even know what the long-term answer is oh, for New England. Do you, do you trust Bill to fix this? Uh, how can you trust he develops into another quarterback? Like, if you New England was to draft another quarterback, is Bill Belichick the right guy to do it? Ooh, like, they have a lot spicy of... spicy meatball. That's a spicy, yeah, spicy meatball. They have a lot of big picture questions here. Like, I don't even know I don't even know what the fix is. I don't, this year, they're going to be bad. Uh, it's it's proven now. They're, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And just after this year, I don't even know what going forward looks like. It's still early, and I know I don't want to talk about the end of the season here, but... Yeah, this I, game was depressing. This was yeah. as big of a butt whooping as you'll see at home, too. I, I was watching the game with the family, uh, Monica's dad, yesterday, and he was at the Bills-Dolphins uh, game in Buffalo, and he's like, he said, oh, I paid $400 for my ticket. He's like, imagine paying $400 to see your team yeah. lose 30 Four, 33, or was it 33 or 34? 34 nothing. 34 nothing at home. Like, there were people so excited all week to go to the Patriots game on Sunday. Fire up the grill. Let's go. We're pre we're, uh, tail, tailgating. And you walk in that building, and there's not one moment where you can cheer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. just, oh, that's it, devastating. Yeah, it's like a waste of fans' times. Uh, New England fans have seen good enough football. They can... They could suck it at this point. Yeah, but that the last two weeks were kind of, I think, real. The light bulb turned on, I think, for some Patriots fans where it's, what are we doing here? Yeah. This is, you got to go scorched earth, I think. Yeah. Like, there's the big red button. Uh, but I, I don't there. know what the, what, what does that look like? Are you firing Bill Belichick? I think Robert I, Kraft, or like, is he going to do that? Do you think Robert Kraft's got the testicles to go down there and fire Bill? I think you got to get a GM GM in there. But then is Bill going to be like, I'm I mean. going to give up my my general manager does powers? Bill no move, way. Does no Bill way move does. strictly to GM? Ugh, what, is, what does that help? That's even worse. Maybe. I don't He's know. He's been awful GM. I think if you're going to do anything, you keep him as just head coach. There's no way Bill's going to give up his general manager powers there. Well, I know. I guess it's really hard to do because of his legacy. But you got to look at since Tom Brady left. There's a sample size now. It's not pretty. No. And if you keep going down this road, it's only getting ugly. Yeah, like, I, I I agree with you that changes need to be made. I just don't know what the changes look like. Right. And we're still, we're week five here, and we're already talking about this. Yeah. This is a conversation for week 13 it was and week not, 12. It was not good news about Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. No. Like, those are their two best defensive players significantly. The Saints also didn't play a very good game. No. Like, they, no they, the Saints this was not a 30. 30-
Uh-huh. The Saints were like 21st in success rate on offense this, this week. They were the the Steelers and the Saints were the only bottom 16 offenses in success rate to win a football game this week. So uh, I don't, again, I don't know what it looks like in New England going forward, but this is a weird conversation to be having after five weeks. Oh, yeah, but the, the, the playoffs are... They're done. The division they're, they're is done. long they're done. gone. Yeah. Um, okay, a couple more games. Uh, just quickly, the Miami Dolphins offense is still kick-ass. Three yeah. highest yards per game so far this season are owned by the Miami Dolphins. Seven fastest ball carriers <laughs> this season by next-gen stats calculated are owned by the Miami Dolphins. They are so damn fast and so damn well, good. Well, didn't A-Chain... Or sorry. Okay, so this A-chain? is so stupid because he went into the draft named Devin A-Chain. He's now Devon A-Chan. Because he changed, he changed his name. Yeah. He changed his name. He changed his first name and his last name. Okay. Respect it. That's what he did. He's <laughs> I, just just like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's bizarre. But, but I'm going to definitely mess, mess it up a lot. Yeah, but so it's Devon he, had, he set their season high in the second quarter, I believe. And then Tyree Kill, like a quarter later, broke that speed yeah. record for fastest ball carry. Seven just, fastest. <laughs> the the, the yeah. next gen calculated speed is literally owned by the Miami Dolphins. It's um, nice. They're still very good. And then finally, let's finish off with Nathaniel Hackett, buddy. Let's I'm fucking go, baby. Him. Hackett, I love it. Get the game ball from Robert Sala and after he was one of the team captains. I'm happy for him, man. Good for him. Yeah, I'm happy for him. And another another take I wish I was way heavier on in the offseason was that Detroit or Denver was going to be a dumpster fire again. Yeah, like, I know. I was actually close of like buying into the Broncos in July. And then as the summer went on, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And thank God I didn't because I, this defense is so, so bad. And Sean Payton just doesn't look like he's got life in that locker room. Like yeah, He looks like he is regretting his decision. Yeah, 100% he is. I and bet he's definitely going home to his wife and thinking, I'm just did we make the right call here? Zach Wilson outplayed Russell Wilson. Who's yeah. the better Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> it was actually kind of annoying the broadcast. Like he's like, I've got so many games going on. I keep her in Wilson. I'm so like, who's, <laughs> yeah, who's Wilson. Who? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, we're into anything else before we get out of here. Oh, it was another good week. Week five. Yep. In the books. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Audio. Apple, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Make sure to subscribe to our social channels, Instagram, TikTok, everything. We are there as well. Uh, make sure to check our sponsors, uh, Manscaped, BetterHelp, and Sweat Taylor. And we'll be back weekend wagers on Friday morning to win you some money for week six. And we will talk to you later.